0: This is Infidel One, Offending Coyote Down, Offending Coyote Down. Roger. up. Welcome to Trappin' Radio. We're proud, organic, free-range, wild fur farmers of North America.
1: Let me tell you a little story about how I was raised, everyday work. Every day pray, God, family, friends, yeah everybody sins A winner never quits, and a quitter never wins Help folks in need, don't fall for greed A jealous man is weak, so think before you speak If you love him, let him know, if you hate, let it go Fast can be fun, but sometimes you need slow God, is all good, the devil is so real So listen up, y'all, cause this is how I feel i won't back up i don't back down i've been raised up to stand my ground take my job but not my guns tax my check till i ain't got none except for the good lord of above i answer
0: to no one now let's cover our sponsors they do a lot to help support Trappin' radio so i'm asking you guys out there and gals to help support our sponsors as they keep trapping radio on the air. First sponsors, Oki Cable and Trap Supply. Jeb's the owner of this. He's out of Oklahoma, super guy. You'll not meet anybody nicer. It's somebody you're gonna wanna deal with. You can reach him at oktrapsupply.com. You can give Jeb a call at 918-429-4648. Not only does he do trap supply guys, he's a fur buyer, so if you're around the Oklahoma or surrounding states, give him a call with your fur. When you need stuff, give him a call and he'll get it out to you as soon as he can. Our second sponsor is F&T Fur Harvesters Trading Post. Everything you need for trapping, hunting with hounds, and predator calling. Guys, if you're into trapping fur, hunting fur, chasing fur with dogs, you're not gonna be able to think of hardly anything that you can't get from F&T. You can reach them at fntpost.com. You can also give them a call at 989-727-8727. Whatever you want, F&T's got it. Wildlife Control Supplies, proven solutions for wildlife control, delivering value, expertise, and products to the wildlife individual. If you're in an ADC business, control business, even fur trapping, You need to look at these guys' website. top-notch company, have everything you would want, even the odd stuff that ADC guys are looking for. You can reach them at wildlifecontrolsupplies.com. You can give them a call at 877-684-7262. International number is 860-844-0101. If you're a wildlife control professional, you need to have wildlife control supplies as one of your favorites on your computer or your phone. Because when you come across something that you need specialized equipment, Alan will get it right out to you. Now let's go traffic. See,
1: I'm a flag flying, Bible toed son of a gun. Yeah, I'm hell on the heart, just a rebel on the run. Scared, don't know it. Fear, don't feel it. The truth is the light. Sometimes you gotta fight. Good beats bad. Right beats wrong. I'm a ballroom preacher and this is my song. I'm climbing for the top, representing for the country. I'm the people's champ right out the dead camp. Shotgun toter, Republican voter. Hank Jr. supporter, let's protect our border. To hell with anyone who don't believe in the USA. Cause this is what I say. I won't back up. I don't back down.
0: Hello, this is Clay Locklear from Trapping Across America and we have got a very interesting show. We're gonna be talking about Otter. I've got another question from Jess and um, it we're gonna I'm gonna try something a little bit different. I'm gonna play his question and then I'm gonna stop his question, kinda of like the aggravating people do on talk radio when they're, they stop and start. So instead of doing that and breaking it up, I'm gonna play it all at one time, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop it so we can discuss different things in there. Because there's a lot of different topics in that, or at least things that stood out to me from doing that. Now, a um, little bit about what's going on in my world. Uh, it, it, life is a freaky thing. I mean, I am amazed at the things that are supposed to be easy or hard, and the things that are supposed to be hard turn out being easy. Uh, down there on the farm this morning, I mean, it seems like I don't know what it is. It's like the older I get, the more more situations that you know should probably go viral on um, on YouTube for just the stuff I get into. But my with the farm I've got down there, my brother. Works at a, a pulpwood plant. He does maintenance on all those big machines. And I told him, you know, any of the belts that are three, four, or five foot wide, instead of throwing them away, if you can, I could use them. So he brings these things out here. Now, one of these is sixteen thousand pounds. One of them is six thousand pounds. They're four foot wide, and they're a half inch rubber with a nylon intermixed with metal mesh, and what I'm using them for. Is in between all the asparagus I'm gonna lay those out so it's permanent weed blockage for the next 500 years so just trying to make things easier on myself so I roll one of those things out now here's the the trick 6,000 pounds is probably twice as much as my Jeep so I hook the pipe and and it's on a big roll has a big cardboard thing in the middle so hook this big pipe through there and I get these uh, what I call login chains with the, the clips on the front hook them to the the jeep and then around that bar and i start backing up well when it started going down great a little bit because i didn't realize they were as long as it was it started picking up speed and there i am going about 40 miles an hour For this is over with we'll trying not to get crushed by this big roll of rubber so i'm like thinking yeah maybe i'll finish working on this task tomorrow that was a little too close and i'm looking over at the you know the 16,000 pound one which is going to be way heavier and would definitely squash my Jeep like a bug. I'm trying to figure out how to do that one. Well, I went and me and Travis went out we measured them, we measured the beds, we measured these things, I cut them, it wasn't that bad to cut actually. So this morning I get done with orders and I run over there and I want to just see how hard it is to move these belts and I've got one of those, uh, someone in the logging industry is going to laugh at me, but it's it's like a big scissor hook. With teeth on the end and it's made that you put it around the end of a log and jerk it with a tractor or truck or something like that and you move it around which I've used it for that and it works very well. So I thought I'd try that on the rubber strips. Now the average size of these things the one I tried to move today was 66 feet long half inch uh, in thickness and four foot wide. Well it it doesn't look that heavy you know so I hooked the Jeep and I put the thing on there and it pulls it up there just like butter you know I'm like this is gonna be bad and I get it up close to the beds and my plan was that I would grab it and then slide it or, or tug it where it needs to go then once it's there I'll never have to move it again or whoever owns the farm you know five generations from now because ain't nothing coming through that rubber dude I couldn't move the rubber I couldn't I could pick it up but I couldn't move it so I'm sitting there and there's no way because asparagus is already planted there's no way to drive across it So I cut it in half, now it's at 30 feet. I still can't move it. I cut that again where it's in 15 feet. And when I hook the the log grabber thing on there and start pulling, I could pull it. But let me tell you, I felt like I was in the Ironman triathlon slash X Games CrossFit type thing. By the time I moved that into place, that was it for the day. I don't know if that's just getting old, being out of shape, being too fat or what it is but i've got oh good grief i figured by the time if i move one of those into beds a place today i will look somewhere between stallone and arnold Schwarzenegger by the end of the month so i'm just telling you that to keep you posted because if nothing else i will be very well in cardiovascular shape for trapping now this is the most non-trapping i have felt in a long time almost in November and I'll tell you why it is dry as the desert and it's still almost bumping 80 degrees and it's hot and the winds blowing it doesn't feel anything like November we haven't got a frost we haven't got close to a frost it's just weird I mean the leaves on the trees some of the trees are finally just going screw it we're not waiting on a frost we're just gonna go brown and uh, either that or from lack of water and there's dropping leaves but I mean, everything about it is weird. And I'm really curious of what this does as far as breeding season on coyotes and cats and and different things like that. Water's really low everywhere. Uh, Squatch River down there where the farm's at. You couldn't float a kayak down that thing now for nothing, at least not on the, the, end, the section that we're on. All you'd be doing is dragging the kayak behind you. So that, that's gonna concentrate a lot of the water animals into the ponds, into the the lakes and different things like that. So it's gonna be an interesting season because one of my main goals this season is to pop about 300 beaver because I really need the caster as far as lure business goes. Plus I want the, the beaver meat to eat and bones to go on the ground for calcium and just stacking functions and stuff as normal. But otter, um, the, the question Jesse has, you know, there's two things. If you don't know anything else about me guys and you ever get to talk to me, you'll find out real quick. There's two things with trapping that get me really excited. One is bobcats and one is otter. I just love them. I love trapping them. I love the strategies behind them, uh, trying to figure out how to do it, you know, bigger, quicker, faster, all that type stuff. You know, but the, the biggest thing, not so much on the bobcat per se, but the otter is, it's a, I don't think there's any way, if you trapped otter, year round for a hundred years that you would even feel like you really knew where to put the trap at the end of that hundred years and that is a, a very it's just different which which is odd to me because you know i hear a lot of people at shows and stuff they do a lot of beaver trapping and they'll nail 5 10 15 20 otter you know and they're, well they're not hard to catch i'm not even trying to catch them If you got a big enough beaver population and otter population, you set up enough beaver traps, you're going to catch some otter. But there's a very big difference between being an otter trapper and accidentally catching otters, just like bobcats. You know, uh, people always say, well, you go to Texas where there are all these cats. Well, yeah, show somebody else that catches that many cats. And they usually kind of end the conversation because most guys and I know plenty of them to go down there they're kind of stuck in that 20 to 40 cat range and they're staying as long as I am and stuff like that but it's the strategies and stuff not that I'm like some superhero but I've studied and I've and I've wrestled with how to do this and I've you know I've tried all kind of crazy stuff and and most of it has not worked and then the stuff that does work I kind of throw in the bag of tricks to use later But I built that system up that I use uh, that you see in the cat collector DVD to where it's very consistent on catching cats But when it comes to otter, I don't think there's such a thing I really don't now you can go out and catch a lot of otter or at least what I think So what I used to think was a lot of otter, but I've talked to some people so like down in Louisiana back when not this last fur boom we had, but the one before that where otter were up to about $150 a piece, $140, depending on their color. Uh, you know, there was several of us guys that, you know, we kind of saw each other at conventions and we're in that, you know, uh, 100 to 115 otter range, you know, and it's kind of like the, the, there wasn't any official club, is like the 100 otter club. It was the guys that really racked up the numbers. Well, then I found out there are some guys down in Louisiana. One caught over, I think it was 290, and one was over 400. And basically, they they had a lot of otter, and they they're just born in the swamp, and they've watched these things their whole life. When they found out they were worth hundred dollar bills, they went to work. So you know, hundred dollar is not as much as it, we used to think it was when you hear that there was guys that was doing that other. So you know, it, it's all relative. You know if If you're here where I'm at in Tennessee on the eastern side and you bust 30, 40 otter, I mean you're, you're really rocking it. You can go to West Tennessee and bump that up to 60 or 80. If you want to get into the 100, you know 100 plus you're going to have to play around in Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas. Uh, probably even some of eastern Texas, more of that Delta country, or get a bunch of properties down in Florida. There's a lot of otter down there, but you're going to have to snare, use cages, you know. So it's relative. And the reason I'm saying that is, when you when you hear somebody that's caught over 100 otter for several years, like I have, it's especially if you're new. I don't want you to get discouraged if you don't bust 100 otter. If you're if you're um, in and, and most of the states of the country anyway, you have limits and There's nothing you can do about the limits. So whatever the limit is is all you can catch and if you go out of state to go trapping I don't want you to be discouraged Because you don't bust a hundred otter because that's kind of like the magic mark You know, that's kind of like what it is with it used to be with cows and fox and mink and everything else That hunter is kind of like some specialty thing you put up in neon lights or something But I don't want you to get discouraged if you see it Every part of the country is very different, which we're going to talk about one very specifically here in a minute. And you can only catch what is there, and you can only move as fast as, as uh, if you take yourself out of the equation as the terrain allows you to, to trap. Like in North Carolina, there's a lot of otter. South Carolina, a lot of otter. Um, if you if you work the permissions right, you know you can definitely beat that 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 hundred dollar. I mean that hundred otter a year like Joey and Claudia Taylor and stuff like that. But you know you get up into Virginia, you're gonna have a lot harder time. The laws are a lot of different. Stuff like that. It's the only reason I'm saying that I don't want you to get down if if you if because it almost seems like everything's got very competitive on on. You know well, I caught 50. Well, I know a dude that caught 60, and the next guy goes, Well, I know a guy that caught 70. Then another guy goes, Well, I caught 80. You know, it's like this strange competition all the time, and I don't want you to get in that, especially when it comes to the otter, especially the first five or six years you're trapping for them because what you think you know, I promise you, is not the case for the most part, and when you start learning. You're only going to have little bits and pieces to go off of, and you'll think you know more than you really do once you start catching them. And then you'll be like me after I've probably caught realistically over the years, probably I don't know. I've never counted or kept records of anything like that, but probably around six to eight hundred otter. I would say very realistically, uh, maybe more than that, because uh, there's a couple of, there's three years there I did three hundred and. And different things like that so you know and, and I'm, I always like catching them around here I kind of limit myself around here to about 10 to 15 Because uh, some of the game wardens around here have uh, started trapping and I've noticed they're setting kind of where they've seen me set on YouTube and I don't know how many they're picking I don't want to Destroy our population here by any stretch of the imagination So I pull back on it here because it's not like a it's not like out in the Delta or anything like that it's more landlocked but you know, otter is an amazing animal to go after because it, it's not like any other thing. It's hard to pattern. You can pattern otters, but you can't pattern otters. And what one otter does, the other, other, other otter will not do. And you're playing this game of averages all the time. And that's what makes it thrilling to me. Because once it's it's almost like, see if I can put this in an analogy somehow. It's kind of like you always hear, you know, like there's a there's a piece of pie. You know, well, you start off and you kind of know how to block up a creek so you got this little piece of pie, then you realize, well, there's more ways you're going down the creek than where you're at and get a little big piece of pie. And what you're doing is your pie gets bigger on your knowledge of going out and consistently trapping otter. It gets harder and harder to get that bigger piece of pie. It really does. Because it gets more and more involved knowing about the animal, and an otter is a very hard animal to study because he stays in the water most of the time and really the only way that you've got to come up with information on what works and what doesn't is what you catch. Now the biggest part of that information that you would need in a, in a real scientific study is, what did I miss? And see, that's what you don't know. And then as you get on up and experience, you start getting a little bit busy, uh, bigger piece of pie, you realize there's normally a lot more otters in an area than you thro- thought there were. Once you understand how to trap them a little bit better, and then you're you're kind of like at ground zero again. So, and just keep that in mind. So I'm going to play this. I hope this works. What I'm going to try to do. I'm going to play the the question through, and then we're going to chop the snot out of it so we can talk about different segments.
2: Hey, Clint. It's Jesse. Sorry, I'm hogging the uh, Trap Radio spotlight here, but. I got a question on the otter. We don't talk about it very much. Somebody out there is bound to have the same question as I do, and uh, more content. So uh, here we go. Uh, yesterday, I was going for a walk on the creek, and um, I think I found an otter slide. And, you know, which is really narrow. It's bombed out, but it's really slim, and uh, it looks like what a sled bobber team would use. <clears throat> and. Uh, thinking you know that's got i think that's an otter slide it's just too it's not wide enough to be beaver and it's not wavy enough to be coons you know so i've been really toying with the idea of going to missouri because i'm only a half hour away to do a little bit of otter trapping so i can you know here in iowa we're only allowed two and it just never appealed to me to really set a lineup for otter or two it's just you know why so but what i want to do is is describe the terrain around this creek and you know is that what i'm always looking for is it the quote ideal location unquote and it's not always like that all the time and what do you look for and i want to talk about equipment a little bit so where this slide's at it goes to a really wide deep creek so deep um, it's actually declared a public creek there's crp on the south side And across the road from that CRP field is more CRP, but it's all wetlands. We actually got like, you know, dead trees, bogs of water, looks pretty cool. But on the north side of the creek, there's 12 ponds. And uh, these ponds, you know, an otter could easily get to. It's all open country, you know, like hay terraces, well-maintained terraces, I might add. And um, yeah, now when you're otter trapping, do you look for those situations all the time? Like, do you look for the marshes? Do you look for ah, uh, those wide, deep creeks, or is there some creeks that otters just go through as a travel corridor? You know, do you only set on sign? Which I know it's it sounds like a stupid question because I wouldn't set I wouldn't set a coyote trap down if there's no sign for a coyote, and I wouldn't set a coon trap there's no coon trails or coon scat. You know, so I'm assuming the same thing at otter. So that's the case. If it's only setting on sign, like if a slide, I mean, when you go to a bridge like that or a culvert, do you look just for slides? And if so, like, utterly really simple DVD, yeah, I don't, I don't remember seeing, there's some situations, I don't remember seeing any slides. It does look like culverts. How do you know which culvert to go to to set it up? Is it, you know, or is there culverts that, hey, there's flowing water here, it goes to river or it goes to this fish pond I know, whatever? Is it just you look beyond that particular location and go, yep, I know there's food over there for the otter, I know there's a river, or it's just because there's sign. And you just lim- and you just say, no, I'm only sitting on sign. Now for me, you know, Missouri, they got tough cotton bear laws. You can only have a five by five. That's the biggest trap you can have on, on land in Missouri. And Iowa, biggest trap we can have is 220, and uh, everything else has got to be completely submerged. Now like that, Crick, I think I answered my own question. I was gonna ask like, that slide goes down that, that deep water. I mean, do you just take some sticks, camouflage it and guide those otter to that conor And how many would you go? Could you just do one? Could you do as many as possible? I mean, would you kind of wait around if you can without doing something stupid and you know sucking on the water or something? Would you look where that slide goes to and find the channel that they're going down to? And then is that really where you start stacking up on otter, is looking for those channels, and where those otter are going to, and if you are setting up channels, where what are you doing to help guide the otter? Is it just more sticks? Or are you just like, nope, this conor is gonna be right here, the otter's going down it, I don't need to do any guiding, nothing, it's gonna hit. it. And just, I need to explain, so I, I love to hear the logic explained to me. So I, you know, I've watched a really simple DVD, And I see what you're doing, but it's different in every situation, but the concept's the same, you know? Or, in my situation, you know, I've talked to a lot of trappers that are really good trappers in this part of Iowa and northern Missouri. A lot of them use those fish sticks. And I know you've become a big fan of the portable pocket with otter, and I'm like, that'd be pretty cool. So in a situation where it's like, dude, this creek's way too shallow, but I got sign, I got scat, I got got a uh, a slide... Or one of each would you be better off you know what i'm just going to do a portable pocket here i mean how i would set it up because i used to use fish sticks for coon but they just became too much work lugging bait down and down these cricks because i'm sorry these cricks when you get to them dude it's like you're along the field edge you hit the edge of the the crick wall it's a nine foot ninety degree straight down shot before you hit sand and water and I mean, had just really bad erosion up this way. And maybe it's all like that all over the country. I don't know. But, um, I, you know, that's the main reason I gave up on those fish sticks, because it's so much work, you know. So, and, But what I used to do was, like, I would have two or three fish sticks at a location, then have a bunch of blind sets around these fish sticks, and, um, and to guard those fish sticks, and even have snares on the coon trails on the banks, on the high banks. And maybe, and I think that's how I would set it up for Otter in those situations where it's like I can't submerge a con bear, but by God, I gotta try a slide. There's a blind set. I got a great little shelf right here to put portable pockets on. Put some unfair advantage, or some carb or muskrat, whatever I got, shove it in that pipe. You're good to go. And I would be legal for exposed bait on the Des Moines with a purple pocket. I cannot have a fish stick on the Des Moines. You know. So, and I, I know this maybe, maybe I'm answering my own questions, but dude, they just seem to be really. The best way to describe an otter, from my lack of experience, is just they're monkeys on cocaine. They're just all over the place. I and mean, I've seen them pop up in areas where are like, what are you doing here? There's not water here for miles. How'd you get here? You know, they just seem to roam. Now, I have one last question, and I think it's an interesting one. Um, my in-laws own a condo down in uh, Branson, and I thought, hey, that'd be pretty cool to go down there where, uh, you know, i got a place to stay it's the mountains of missouri you know i mean their otter season goes clear to end of february and you can also trap muskrats during that time i thought hey get some 280s get some colony traps and have a ball man but when you were down there coyote trapping i know when as i understand with your personality or temperament when you're in a situation you got a job you're zeroed in on that on that job like coyotes so maybe this question can't be answered, but when you're down there, did you see locations, you're like, yeah, this is great otter country, or was it more like, eh, it, it'd be a pain in the butt, because I'm just curious, like, how different are the Ozarks to Appalachia, where you're trying for otter, and if you are down that area, I mean, would you kind of zero in large bodies of water, like the lake of the Ozarks, that you can zero in at, or uh, would you, um, hmm, interesting, or would you, um, trying to and that's the thing i don't really know where to start out when it comes to those mountain valleys and mountain um cricks and where they go to and all that i would have no freaking idea how that crap works so anyway where, where would you start i think it'd be really fun for my wife and i go down there and more because we, we honeymoon down there and i'm like i didn't get a chance to really see a whole lot because we're honeymoon in in springfield and branson but i was like this pretty cool a trap down here i mean i've seen kundra across the road and uh, you know, some Bobcat sign here and there, and the little bit we did, I was like, yeah, man, that be cool, bro. So, let me know what you think. Um, I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you later, man.
0: Okay, good questions. Now, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna, because it's gonna be kind of frustrating, I hope this works, is I'm gonna start playing, I'm just gonna stop. When I hear a question that I've got some relevance to say about, I'm just gonna stop.
2: Hey, Clint. It's Jesse. Sorry I'm hogging the uh, traffic radio spotlight here, but I got a question on otter. We don't talk about it very much. Somebody out there is bound to have the same questions as I do and uh, it's more content. So uh, here we go. Uh, yesterday I was going for a walk on the creek and um, I think I found an otter slide, and, you know, which is really narrow. It's bombed out, but it's really slim. And uh, it looks like what a sled bobber team would use. <clears throat> And uh, thinking, you know, that's got, I think that's an otter slot. It's just too, it's not wide enough to be beaver and it's not wavy enough to be coons, you know? So, I've been really toying with the idea of going to Missouri, because I'm only a half hour away, to do a little bit of otter trapping. because I can, you know, here in Iowa, we're only allowed with two. And it just never appealed to me to really set a lineup for otter we're only allowed with two. It's just, you know, why? So, but. What I want to do is, is describe the terrain around this creek and, you know, is that what I'm always looking for? Is it the quote, ideal location, unquote? And it's not always like that all the time. And what do you look for? And I want to talk about equipment a little bit. So where this slide's at, it goes to a really wide, deep creek. So deep, um, it's actually declared a public creek. There's CRP on the south side. And across the road from that CRP field is more CRP, but it's all wetlands. We actually got like, you know, dead trees, bogs of water. Looks pretty cool. But on the north side of the creek, there's 12 ponds. And uh, these ponds, you know, an otter could easily get to. It's all open country, you know, like hay terraces, well-maintained terraces, I might add. And um, yeah, now when you're otter trapping, do you look for those situations all the time? Like, do you look for the marshes? Do you look for ah, uh, those wide, deep creeks, or is there some creeks that otters just go through as a travel corridor? You know, do you only set on sign? Which I know it's it sounds like a stupid question because I wouldn't set I wouldn't set a coyote trap down and there's no sign for coyote, and I wouldn't set a coon trap. There's no coon trails or coon scat. You know? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, th- that sounds like an awesome. Location, and I'm going to explain kind of of what I would be looking at in there. My first thing, there's, there's, let me explain a few different ways. There's a couple of ways I've learned to otter trap. That uh, when I'm looking for where to go, if I'm in an area, which which direction do I go? What do I kind of zero in on? one is i'll get a map i use a lot of the I, I would use google maps now but back in the day we had the gazetteer which pretty much has all the, you know the major rivers and swamps and stuff on there you get for any state and i would start where the camp was at and i would do a kind of a big view and i would see um one which way the water flows through the area because i guarantee you it all kind of goes the, the same way you know it could be all kind of like veering south or north or, or southwest or or whatever it is i'm trying to get a a, a a gathering of that as i'm looking at the map then i'm looking for the the main rivers how many are they where are they at are the roads next to them um something like that and then off of that main river anywhere that i can see ponds now when you get into the, the, you know, the gazetteer doesn't show like 20-foot little pothole ponds that hold fish. It doesn't show that. But if you've got a series of ponds, a lot of times it'll show it. And what I would do on the map is I would circle every single one of those. So what you're describing is like the perfect otter location. There's no doubt about that. The deep, wide creek is irrelevant. It can be uh, 12 inches wide and 6 inches deep or it could be 400 feet wide and 400 feet deep. It's irrelevant on the depth of the water when it comes to the otter. It did not have anything to do with it. They use, the, the way I want you to think about roads or rivers is think about them like roads for us. Now you've got interstates like say I-20. Now I don't know how far east or west that goes but I know I can get on it till I need to get a couple of motels, so that's a long road. People are using that to go places. Now you can go down here to the local circle track, the dirt track, like the many NASCAR dudes, and that, that road is kind of like does circles and, and no one gets on there to go anywhere because you don't go anywhere. So when you're looking at creeks, that's what you need to think about. Is it an interstate? And don't worry about the size, but does it go a long distance and is there features along it that would would, would get an, um, an otter turned on? Ponds, swamps, um, a lot of times it can be if it's really really curvy you've got a lot of where it curves back on itself on the outside bend you know it's got deep holes going to hold fish and crayfish on the inside bend it's real shallow but then it's going to curve back around and you have another hole that type of water holds more fish and more food than something that's more straight or uh, you know especially shallow and straight so I'm looking at the kinds of water that there is. So the location you did, the first thing I would look at is where that, uh, the, the slide was at. And then I would go, okay, where's the slide going to? And I would try to figure that out. So then I would bevel to, so like if you if say it's on the side where the, the, the bogs are at. If those will hold fish and crawfish or some type of food for the otter, That means they're crossing out of the creek, going over dry land and getting in those bogs. Well, at the minimum, that's at least two to three trap locations right there. You've got where they're coming out, where they're going into the bog and somewhere in the middle. You can use a 220 or a blind set or or whatever it is you need to use, depending on your, your laws now. So that's three locations. And then if you, if you look at those bogs, and let's say those bogs are, uh, instead of being one great big bog, say it's eight or nine smaller bogs. And you can walk around the bog. Well then I would walk around that bog and I would see if I could pick up where the otter are going from one to the next. It's not always in a straight line. A lot of times they key off a feature like a, a drainage tile or a, a really big tree. Or Just something that looks out of place. They seem to, to congregate towards that and th- What you're trying to do then is figure out how do they get from that little bog to the next little bog Because as soon as you find that you've got two more trap sets and Then if you can find where they go from from the, that bog to the next bog You got two more trap sets now depending on how far you get strung out as far as walking is how far you could continue this on But when you're looking at those bog situations, a lot of time the otter don't go in and out of the same slide. So you'll need to really pay attention and walk up and down that bank bank and see if you can see another slide going to there. Because if you think about it, now you've got a place for two or three more sets. And the guys that caught a lot of otter, that's how a lot of us did it. You know, was, was doing this like that. Now on the other side where you know it's sure enough ponds, I guarantee you those otter are going to those ponds unless they're dead ponds and dead could be um, It's you you get up some of the the lakes in the Northeast where they look clear and pretty, but they're so acidic they're pickled There's nothing alive in there. The otter ain't gonna mess with that There's no food in there, but out in the Midwest unless it's something to do with lagoons or something where Phosphorus just so crazy or something and there's no food in there an otter's gonna check that out He will know every pond and swamp and bog Probably within a half a mile of every creek that's in his area. I mean, that's just what they do That's why they show up in such the weirdest places Because they're going to a lot of times the places you don't know it's there and you go Well, there's no water around here. Well, if you go look at Google Maps a lot of times you'll find out They're going to little honey holes here and there and and, and that's what they're doing on the pond side if there's more than one pond you just kind of repeat that that situation where are they going to the ponds and is there a different way they're coming out of the ponds so if they're going to the ponds, you'll set you know um, you've got where they're coming up in the middle where they're going in try to find and a lot of times if there's ponds in series they'll just be almost like a straight line you can walk around that pond and you'll find the slide. You can set it up on both sides, walk around that pond, set it up on both sides. And what happens, you've got a killing ground for otter when that happens. Because the otter will come out of the creek in a group, and you, even though you've got a trap there, don't necessarily mean you're going to catch one. But in the mix of all that going on, you've got all these locations set up, and now that's how you start catching two, three, or four otter out of whack. And that's how you get your numbers up pretty quick. Instead of just setting the one that's down by the creek, so that, that's that's what I'm looking. At. I mean, what you're saying is a, is an awesome place. Now, as far as setting on sign, you're gonna have to make a judgment call if you have otter in the area. If you know or you you think that there's otter in the area, no, don't worry about sign. Uh, that that's the last thing I'm looking for is when I get out because you you may only find. Out of 10 hot locations, you may only find sign at one or two of them, you know, because a slide, see, you, you can't, this is what makes otter so interesting. You can't focus just on slides. You you got to focus on the interstate because that, that's, that's the main thing. It's the waterway of some somehow or another. And he's using that to get to all these different ponds and creeks or jumping over to another creek or swamp or whatever he's doing. He's using that for for that, so if I know there's uh, otter in the area, anything that I don't think is a, is a NASCAR racetrack gets trapped on it, every one, because you never know where they're gonna show up. And if you see a lot of sign at a, at a set, a lot of times you're too late, because those otter may not be back for several days to several weeks, because what happens, they'll go to a pond, and they'll camp out, and they'll eat and gorge and eat and gorge. And then when the hunting starts getting a little tough, they'll go find another one. They'll eat and gorge and eat and gorge. And so this, so you don't, you're not really looking for places that are have a lot, a lot of sign. What I like to find are the the slides that have the old scales, but you can see that the the trail is maintained enough through volume of travel that it's still pretty good worn in. And but there's no fresh stuff. Those are the ones I get excited about. Because there's a better chance those are going to connect quicker than unless they're camping there when you set the traps that if you find a really hot sign that they're going to be there so if you're thinking about otter in the terms of an interstate if there's culverts then it doesn't matter if you see sign or not because I I don't know of any otter trappers that really worry about sign per se Um, at least not ones that catch a lot of otter because if, you, if you're just trying to always find sign, you're going to bypass majority of your sets. Because the otter doesn't come out of the water enough where you can find it, <coughs> like a raccoon or something, to, uh, to narrow that down. So, you know, the first thing I'm looking for as far as locations are water that has a lot of water off to the side. Swamps, bogs, ponds, uh, other creeks. Different things like that, creeks connecting, you know, that's the type of stuff I'm looking for. Now, when I go, when I'm in a, when I'm going somewhere and I'm looking at locations, another thing that I do is I will pick out a a major body of water, like a long river, may go through two or three counties, and I'm looking at how many feeder creeks are showing up on the Gazetteer or Google Maps that I can, that I can road trap or get permission on. So, what I would do is I would drive up one side and it may be for 60 or 70 miles And I may have 40 or 50 creeks or hundred creeks depending on, on how dense the water is And I will try to find a way to block up those those creeks Going up one way then I'll cross over somewhere on a bridge and do the same thing on the other And basically what I'm doing is I'm guarding the main body of water from the otter leaving the main body or getting back to the main body is is what I'm doing. You know that, that's one of the main things that if, if it's if it's I like that style of trapping even better. Because you can you can pick up a whole lot more. You can do the same thing with a lake. If you've got a lake and it's got a road that goes around, it doesn't have to be right on the edge. You can be a half a mile in. It doesn't matter. But if you can circle that thing or circle most of it, and you've got a lot of uh, creeks coming in or out or swamps or anything else, you'll probably find otter, you know, moving back and forth. That's really what I'm looking for when I'm going out and I'm, especially if I don't know if there's otter. So I wouldn't really waste a lot of time looking for sign. It's very different from coyotes because these don't leave sign. It'd be like a coyote that could fly and you're looking for tracks. That's kind of what it would be like if you're trying to do this, if you're trying to compare the two. So you, you can't do that. So when you saw me in utterly Simple, set stuff with no sign, it's because it was, it, it, in a lot of, like in my home range here, I've been here long enough, I've been living here now 15 or 16 years, and trapping here long enough when I do trap here, that the Squatchy River runs straight up and down the middle, and then you got creeks that come off of the, the plateaus on both sides, and I will know where those go. You know a lot of them will go up to a farmer's pond and he's got stocked with fish a lot of them will cut off in two or three different turns and different little bitty creeks and end up in a pond so i'm trying to block those off that's kind of what i'm looking at when it when it comes to the otter so that's kind of how strategically i do it you know my favorite locations are the ones that are put in by ducks unlimited uh if you're if you're in an area that ducks unlimited is big if you're in the duck zone uh And you can see those from Google Map. They make the most absolute killing, the best killing grounds in the world because the way they do their ponds and spillovers and all that for ducks, it's an absolute, it's, 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 it's otter paradise. There's a lot of that in the Delta, the way that they do that, but you really need to go off Google Maps or the Gazetteer because when you're driving down the road, just the way that trees and bushes and the the land rolls, you're going to miss probably 80% of the ponds and waters and swamps that are off to the side that you can't see from the road. You know, so, you know, and if if you've got a pond over there and you can find out who owns it, you can walk the edge of that pond, not the river, but walk the edge of the pond, and then you'll find how they're getting there. And a lot of times it's a low spot. If there's not running water all the time, think of it like a, a draw for a bobcat or something they'll be in the lower spots most of the time and there'll be that little trail you're talking about that's only about you know five six inches wide going down through there so you know you can you can set them up that way but that's kind of what i'm looking for when i go somewhere to otter trap
2: so i'm assuming the same thing at otter so that's the case if it's only setting on sign like, if a slide. I mean, when you go to a bridge like that or a culvert, do you look just for slides? No. Nope. And if so, like, utterly really simple DVD. Yeah, I don't I remember seeing, there's some situations I don't remember seeing any slides. It does look like culverts. How do you know which culvert to go to to set it up?
0: Well, the, the culverts I go to most of the time are within probably half a mile of a river. Or Creek depending on where you're at or what they're calling like what we call rivers here in the Midwest would be like oceans and What we call creeks here for the most part they call rivers You know, it's it's just very different, but if, if it's water That's touching a lake or a river and there's a culvert within a half a mile or a mile of that I'm gonna put a trap there. That, that's what's what I'm looking for.
2: Is it you know or is it culverts that hey there's flowing water here, it goes to river or it goes to this fish pond I know, whatever. Is it just you look beyond that particular location and go, yep, I know there's food over there for the otter, I know there's a river, or it's just because there's sign and you just limit, and you just say no I'm only sitting on sign. Now, for me, you know, Missouri, they got tough cotton bear laws. You can only have a five by five. That's the biggest trap you can have on, on land in Missouri. And Iowa, biggest trap you can have is 220.
0: Okay, I want to say something about 220s. If you find choke down points on 220s, they're perfectly fine for taking otter they really are. I would raise them up unless it's against the law where they're about two or three inches off the ground by bending the springs down and using rebar whatever you have to use or a stand. An otter lopes when it's on dry land and if you if especially if it's on a downhill grade and you got the trap slap on the ground he can easily lope over a 220. So you want to kind of raise that up which I'm sure being from the Midwest you probably do that anyway with your coon traps but you, you don't want him to be able to just go but 220's fine and in really tight places <coughs> if his head will fit in a Five-by-five because five, it really chokes down between brush or grass or something that kill an otter dead as a hammer You know probably even faster than the 220 so don't get tore up because you got to use smaller
2: traps and uh, Everything else has got to be completely submerged now. I like that crick I think I answered my own question. I was gonna ask, like, that slide goes down that that deep water, I mean, do you just take some sticks, camouflage it, and guide those otter to that conor And how many would you go, could you just do one? Could you do as many as possible? I mean, would you kind of wait around if you can, without doing something stupid and, you know, sucking on the water or something? Would you look where that slide goes to and find the channel that they're going down to? And then, is that really where you start stacking up on otter? Is looking for those channels.
0: Okay so let's say for if I understand the question you've got uh, the creek bank going down you've got to have your traps submerged so it means it's got to be completely underwater. What the Otter are actually, be- if you get in the habit of doing I'm gonna tell you it's better for otter trapping because if they've ever get pressure it's a totally different animal. Like an otter that doesn't get a lot of pressure is pretty easy to catch. As soon as he starts getting pressure, they're very intelligent. They, they learn quickly. They're still an animal, but they will learn quickly. So if you've got a lot of other people that are trapping, you've got to really tighten up your own game when it comes to putting traps out. So like uh, back when otter were bringing $120 a piece and me and Newt was running all over North Carolina, there was a lot of guys trapping otters. Some of them were awesome trappers, and some of them were very sloppy trappers. But there was enough sloppy trappers that it made us learn how to really tighten up our otter trapping if we still wanted to catch them. And one of the main ways was to have the traps submerged, even the law doesn't require us to. So the way I want you to picture doing this is you've got the slide coming off. If it's going straight down the bank and it's a perfect straight on angle, as soon as you can get the jaws of your 330 underwater, the only thing you really got to worry about is that you've got it dead lined with the slide. If the trap angles off on a 45 degree angle going around brush or something, you want to continue that line out with your 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 330 that's going to be submerged underwater. What you don't want to do if otter have pressure is start blocking it up in a very childish way. And and a lot of guys still do this. And what I mean by childish way, go to go to Google and look up mountain man forts, and you will see what the mountain man fort looked like. And it looked like they put these great big sticks straight up in the air and drove them in the ground and then kind of support them and they built this wall around where they camped. That's what you'd never want to do with an otter because the moment you make something look man-made you're going to start having issues unless that's an otter that's a virgin otter when it comes to people and trappers. And if prices start coming up or if they've been up in the last four or five years you're not going to find that pretty much in normal areas around the country. So what you're wanting to do is you want to put your, you don't, want to, you don't want to put the sticks in there, what you're just wanting to do is get the conibear supported where your support sticks or your stand or whatever you're using is not seen from above the water but it's directly in line as soon as the, the jaws are going to be touching the bottom of the mud and right under the top of the water. That's where you want it to be directly in line. If you get off halfway you're going to have problems. They're going to run slap in the middle of that trap a lot of times or go around the other side. All you want to have going over that trap is if you've got softer mud like you do a lot in the Midwest, you can just take a stick and shove it at an angle. It doesn't have to be parallel over the jaws. That's a a misconception people have. It doesn't even have to be right over the jaws. That's another misconception people have. You just want the stick where it's crossing somewhere on that trap on an angle on top of the water. So you can rip off a limb or find a bramble or something because you want it to look natural. That's why you don't have all these sticks coming off where they've been cut and stuff. You can shove that thing in the bank and when they come off the slide, they're gonna stay in that same direction. And a lot of times with an otter, when they're coming down a slide, they're gonna jump. So having your trap out in shallower water is not a bad thing. Because they're gonna come off the water kind of like a kid in a swimming pool if he's coming off the steps or something. And if you've got something there, and like I just don't like having a stick, you know, like the duck the duck under pole that's in all the beaver books. I want to take a limb that I can that I can cut off the bottom side of one and still have. A little bit of roughage on the top so it just looked like a limb fell out of a tree. That's what you're going for just a limb fell out of a tree not a perfectly peeled stick that's sticking straight over your trap. Fine for beaver you can get in trouble with otter when you're doing that and it, he will run right under that so don't be afraid to stick those things under the water. When you saw a lot of the stuff in Otterly Simple the states I were trapping in We could set 330s on dry ground. Heck, we could set a bear trap on dry ground and legally catch muskrats. There wasn't any jaw restrictions, anything to do with anything. I mean, you know, basically uh, Louisiana is no teeth and 24-hour check and that's really the only laws and in Mississippi it's a 24-hour check and you have to be a hundred feet off a maintained road. That's the only rules. That's it. So You know we could get away with a lot of stuff that you may not be able to do in other places here in Tennessee This has to be touching the water You know, it's more convenient to set it right on the edge a lot of times and it's quicker to do that, you know And if I've got a bunch of traps in an area I sometimes probably get a little sloppier than I should and I'll set them that way But you're always better if you can get those traps submerged and if you're worried about the blocking don't put the sticks down there Always have a pair of cutters with you and grab something um, that, that is rough looking, just like the top of a small tree or something, and push that in where you, you're you afraid they're going to go around your trap. So when an otter goes underwater, it just looks like the stick that fell on top of the water has got limbs on it. It's not man-made and it's not right angles.
2: And where those otter are going to And you are sitting up channels where what are you doing to help guide the otter is it just more sticks or are you just like nope this conifer is going to be right here the otter's going down it i don't need to do any guiding nothing it's going to hit it
0: okay so we kind of talked about the, the 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 duck hunter now guiding is the same thing think brambles or when i when i say that if you don't if you're younger and you don't know what that means it means um just uh just go t- cut the top off of a small tree, or depending where you're at, I'm not sure of the vegetation and, and uh, where you're trapping at as far as what's going to be there. A lot of times in um, uh, Louisiana, in here, I would in uh, oh shoot, Mississippi, I would use river cane, I would cut a bunch of it and I'd have it with me. So I can kind of push that down in the mud, you know, and it just looks all haphazard and stuff. And there's kind of an opening sort of here. That's kind of what I'm looking for. When I was in uh, North Carolina, there was this stuff that looked like rhododendrons. I don't know exactly what they were, but I would cut a pile of that and they were evergreen. So they had greens and you could use privet if you have that where you're at, cause it's evergreen or it could just be bare sticks, but you just want to make it look. So if you're guiding an otter, make it look like, it's like an old, old beaver dam or, or something like that. If it, if you, if, if you had a friend come with you and he could see that he'd automatically kind of look at it because it's man made or screwed up. If you, if you make it right, you've got a buddy with you and he's amazed you got a trap in there because, you know, it, it looks junky basically is what you're doing. So, you know, think about it that way when you're guiding. Now these channels, you can guide an otter. There's nothing wrong with that but you just don't want to make it man-made. And yes, the channels are the key a lot of times because it gives you those extra sets on a family group of otters. So if he's coming out of a creek and he goes over a levee or whatever and he gets down into a channel, that automatically gives me, I can set one on the on both sides of the water. I can do a blind set up top with a foothole. I can choke down that uh, channel in two or three different places hopefully either with guiding or naturally where he's coming back up out of the water I've got another set so you can see in maybe 50 feet I may have seven or eight sets but that's how we get the two three four otter at the same time is by doing that because if you catch a male otter by itself don't worry about it if you catch a female or a younger otter and you only have one trap set there or two or three and you don't catch the other ones where you caught that female or that younger otter at you're never going to catch an otter out of that family group in that trap again at least not in my experience you've got to move it so by having these multiple traps in this one runway of the interstate you can take as many of them out as you can and then you you can get it but you know if you do catch a female or a younger one and you don't have as many locations try to move it up or down the creek as little as six eight ten feet is fine just where it looks a little bit different but not in the same spot because that family group will just detour around it every single time. Yeah those channels are definitely what I key on but it's more because a lot of time the channels are more controllable than the creek so that's a huge advantage and they're in the shoot. I mean they're like a, a you know you're taking a cow to the slaughterhouse they're in the slaughter shoot when they get in that thing so if you don't get them before they get there you got them when they're there and you there's a chance if they get around your traps another one get caught in your other
2: traps. So that, that that's kind of what you're thinking about. And just, I need to explain. So I, I love to hear the logic explained to me. So I, you know, I've watched a really simple DVD and I see what you're doing, but it's different in every situation, but the concept's the same, you know? Or in my situation, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of trappers that are really good trappers in this part of Iowa and Northern Missouri, a lot of them use those fish sticks. And I know you've become a big fan of the portable pocket with otter, and I'm like, that'd be pretty cool. So in a situation where it's like, dude, this crick's way too shallow, but I got sign, I got scat, I got a, I got a, tr- uh, a slide, or one of each, would you be better off? You know what? I'm just gonna do a portable pocket here. I mean, how I would set it up, because I used to use fish sticks for coon, but they just became too much work lugging bait down, in, down these cricks, because I'm sorry, these cricks, when you get to them, dude, it's like you're along the field edge, you hit the edge of the crook the wall. It's a 9 foot 90 degree straight down shot before you hit sand and water. I mean, it's just really bad erosion. up the-
0: Yeah, the, the portable pocket is a cool thing because you don't have the, the, the birds of prey issue. You don't have the blue heron issue, really, uh, that you have with the fish sticks. Fish sticks work good. But let me warn you, when you're starting to use a baited set for otter, that is where you're going to have to think like a fisherman and not like a trapper. And when you're thinking about putting a baited set for otter, it has to be somewhere that the otter either wants to play or eat. Not swim, but play or eat. So just going down to creek banks and plopping in fish sticks or portable pockets is going to be a very low percentage, unless there's a reason for them to be there. If you've got a deep hole with a couple of old stumps coming up or something like that somewhere you would fish, that's a good place to put a portable pocket. If you've got two creek, if you got the main creek and another creek's coming out, and just the way it's naturally flowing, one side is pretty much straight up and down, but maybe where they're coming out on the other side, because I'm thinking of a place here in the valley where kind of sandbars out a little bit where those two meet, that's a perfect place for an otter because they'll play there all the time plus they will push fish up into that smaller creek and trap them and eat them. So you've got kind of twofer on that one of of why that type of location works. If you're thinking of culverts the downstream side of the culvert when the water goes through the culvert it'll dig out the dirt and you'll always be deeper. That's where your crawfish and your minnows and stuff like that hang out not on the upper side where it's shallow. So if you go on the wrong side and put the portable pocket the, the otter's going to be zipping by there and not paying any attention to what you're doing because he's in a, in a mold. Like when I took uh, instruction from Johnny, that's one thing I picked up on the patterning of his uh, mink locations was he never set on straight, fast, uh, uh, ripply type water. When he set his mink traps, it was always in a bend, it was always uh, in a root wad that was touching the water or really close to the water. It's somewhere that they would actually hunt, not just the creek. And it's the same thing with otters, especially if you're gonna be using, you know, the portable pocket or fish sticks or, or even uh, pocket sets or anything like that. You've got to use that where the otter's naturally gonna stop because they seem to be kinda one-tracked. They're either going to have uh, the to eat, to play, or to have sex, and nothing else in their world really seems to matter. So if you're in a place that they know they can't eat, they can't play, and they can't have sex, they ain't stopping. So you just running down to a, a creek bank, and I'm not saying you're saying that, but you got to keep that in mind. You've got to think about their food because that's you've got. There's got to be a reason for them to stop. A lot of a lot of times, depending on where you're talking about going in Iowa, um, I don't know how much you're going to see this, but uh, here, especially, we have a lot more timber, and and in the Delta, you see this a lot. You'll have trees that fall over, and they're in the water, kind of like on an angle. Those otter will stop there and get up on the log and play around and go up under the bank and stuff like that. You'll see scratch marks all over them. A lot of times, you'll see otter scat on them. Now you can go up under that log or on one side or the other and put your portable pocket in because you've got a reason for him to stop. If you go 100 yards down and it's just clear, straight bank and and there's nothing going on, he's just gonna zip past that thing. And and you really gotta pay attention to that. And I know what you're talking about, about Iowa Creeks. Uh, Those things about killed me when I was out there. Uh, What you're saying seems pretty gentle. Where I was trapping more on the eastern side of the state 15 feet or 9 feet would be pretty nice a lot of these things are straight up and down at 60 feet and 30 feet And it was just black sloppy mud and and I mean it was tearing me up You know, and I know exactly what you mean So you need to know that you have a reason for going down there So if I was otter trapping in Iowa, the first thing I would do Is I'd walk out on that bridge and I would look down. Is there a way that naturally you've got a tree coming up or someone threw off Garbage or whatever or it gets real shallow You know or, or old beaver dam or anything the first thing i would do for I went down to the creek is I'd go to the bridge And I'd look over it on both sides and see if one if I could block the creek up because I'd rather do that than a baited set Because it's kind of like snaring over a dirt hole the snare's going to win every time So I would see if there's a way to block that up and a lot of creeks there are but if you are getting a quick mentality of just sitting in portable pockets, you'll miss those or you'll get down that steep bank and you'll put your portable pockets in and then you'll see the location to block the creek up. Maybe not the whole creek you don't have to block the whole creek up. You just got to think of an otter going around something like it could be something as simple as the bridge piers come down and there's like two foot of water on the backside. You can put a trap on the back side kind of like a bottom edge in the front side and you'll be surprised how many otter, beaver, muskrats you pick up. Because there's something there to go around. I've caught down in Louisiana I've caught them where I've used people throwing off uh, grocery carts and dishwashers and refrigerators off the bridge and it leaves a channel to one side and on the other side it could be 30 feet wide. I'll set that little channel up and you'll pick up otter by doing that, but you won't know that. And if you get down there and you see it, you've already been down there and you don't want to go back again, a lot of times you won't go back down when you should go back up and get a trap just because human nature and you'll back yourself out of it. Sweat.
2: and maybe it's all like all over the country. I don't know, but you um, know that's the main reason I gave up on those fish sticks because it's so much work, you know? So, but what I used to do was, like I would have two or three fish sticks at a location, then have a bunch of blind sets around these fish sticks and and to guard those fish sticks and even have snares on the coon trails on the banks, on the high banks. And maybe, and I think that's how I would set it up for otter in those situations where it's like, I can't submerge a conor but by God, I gotta try, I gotta slide, there's a blind set, I got a great little shelf right here to put purple pockets on put some unfair advantage or some carb or muskrat, whatever I got, shove it in that pipe, you're good to go. And I would be legal for exposed bait on the Des Moines with a portable pocket. I cannot have a fish stick on the Des Moines, you know? So, and I, I know this maybe maybe I'm answering my own questions, but dude, they just seem to be really, the best way to describe an otter from my life experience is just they're monkeys on cocaine. They're just all. Now monkeys on
0: cocaine. I never thought of them as monkeys, but they are mink on cocaine. They definitely are that. Now, kind of keep in mind, I want you to, I know you've never been to my house, but the way to rack up numbers on otter, if you were going to catch me or have a better chance of catching me, and you knew where my house was at, and I'm looking out my bay window right now, the first place you would put a trap is where my driveway meets the road. That's kind of like the creek in, in the ditch or, or the trail. And then when I pull my Jeep up, out here next to the dumpster you would have another trap of some kind then I'm gonna walk down to my um, walkway to get to the front door and then that would more like be the channel you're talking about and I put a couple of traps in there and then I put one at the front door and then since I'm I'm a fat guy I definitely put one at the refrigerator and I put one in front of the toilet and probably one in front of my lazy boy so but I but you're thinking in travel way not exactly a, a location. So what you're trying to do is find the otter, they're going from somewhere to somewhere. Like I'm coming down the road, I pull in with a Jeep, I get out, I walk over on the sidewalk or come through the front door. You know, I'm going to go to the refrigerator, I'm going to go to the bathroom, or I'm going to sit down in my Lazy Boy. Wherever I'm going in there, you've got something set up, you got something set at the door or on the sidewalk where I get out of the Jeep and where I come into the driveway that's the the correct mentality when it when it comes to to doing that now setting one out in the garden you know it's it's almost November you, you I may not be out there you know or, or setting one up next to the garage you know I may not be out there but if the the what you're trying to do is what is the direct route that I'm gonna go to get in the house and what I'm gonna do that's what you're thinking about Otter Creek the ditches the ponds the to swamps, to other slides, to another creek or to another river.
2: That's what you're trying to do is block that up. Over the place. and I've seen them pop up in areas you're like, what are you doing here? There's not water here for miles. How'd you get here? You know, they just seem to roam. Now I have one last question and I think it's interesting one. Um, My in-laws own a condo down in uh, Branson.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go and answer this. just for time's sake, instead of running that out. Branson is, is a very rough place. Now keep in mind, when you say the Ozarks and Appalachia, Appalachia is not like the Appalachia. Um, West Virginia looks nothing like where I live in Tennessee. It's very different. For West Virginia is closer to Branson than it is where I live in my part of the Appalachian Mountains. We have a very unique features, only two places in the world, one here and one in Africa. We have a long wide valley that's flat for the most part, there's some rolling hills, don't get me wrong, there's a couple of ridges, but it's pretty much flat. And then on both sides of this long valley with a river going up it, we've got plateaus on both sides that go for 18, 30 miles that are pretty much flat. There's some, there's rolling hills now, but it's flat, so you've got two plateaus on both sides. So the top of our mountains are like a valley anywhere else and our valleys like a valley anywhere else. When you're in uh Branson in that part of the Ozarks because I've done a lot of predator work there or you're in West Virginia for say there's no plateaus. It's just straight up over a peak and straight down. There's very little flat ground except in the valleys. Now without going all through a a permaculture rant on energy and stuff like that the higher you're on those mountains the less life you're going to have because of the force of energy that you have so when you're thinking about otter you got to think about food and the lower you get on elevation the slower stuff is and the slower stuff is the more life can can be more generalized and it can be more abundant so, if I was going to trap, the reason I'm telling you that, because it is different and you've got to look wherever you're at, on our plateaus is just like a valley. The creeks and rivers and stuff that are up there in the ponds, that's just like our valley that's down here at 1800 foot below that, down here in our valley. So there, there, there's not a difference between the tops and the bottoms here. But Branson's not like that, West Virginia's not like that. Uh, some of Pennsylvania that I've seen, similar to where I'm at as far as they have longer, flatter ridges and stuff up top, but Branson is pretty much straight up and down wherever you go. So I would concentrate if you go on the valleys and leave everything else alone. So what you'll do is you'll look at a map, and I've never trapped otter there. I've never really looked at otter, because you're right, when I'm going cow trapping, that's all I'm thinking about is killing cows. So I never really went around and looked for, for um, any type of thing. There's a lot more valleys and mountains than people realize. So that's what you need a, you need a map for. The valley doesn't have to be you know, 60, 70 miles long. It can be 10 miles long and be very productive. All the water is going to come off those mountains. They're going to end up in the bottom. It's going to have to go somewhere. And that's why there's always water in the bottom. So if I was going there, what I would do is either, the two, the two ways I'd go about it is try to run up every valley you can get to and put a put a trap or two or three in every single one of the creeks that you can figure out how to put a trap and see what happens. I don't know what the otter population is in Branson. Now, the other thing is to go to the big lake you're talking about and and circle that lake and block that up. With traps on the inside or, or you know the outside of the road, when anything's trying to come to or from that lake, you're going to intersect them. But I will tell you something about um, <coughs> the Ozarks. About the only soil you're going to find there is in people's flower pots, which means you're going to be dealing with a lot of rock. And I, you know, I, I haven't sit here and Googled the 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 lake you're talking about, but if I was a betting man. It's more rock banks than it is mud banks which means you're gonna to have to figure out how to sport a cotton bear on rock or something like KB stand or using rocks on the springs or something like that a lot of places there you'll not be able to get a portable pocket in by any stretch of the imagination because you couldn't get a six inch nail in I mean there's just no dirt so you know it's gonna be very different now, I'm not trying to, to persuade you not to go there it's just gonna be different and you're gonna to have to get creative i've never trapped out of a condo i think that'd be kind of cool i've trapped out of all kind of weird things before i've never trapped out of a condo i think that'd be kind of neat but i would go you know if i had someone living in branson and you could see that there's a lot of water from a map going in every which direction i would go see and i would treat it like i was trapping in the delta and then you would see what the population is now here's the interesting thing when you go on these out-of-state trips Sometimes they're a bust and you learn way more on those than you do when they're really good because it's too easy. The second thing is, is you need to start either with a GPS or with a map. When you do catch otter, mark it down. And what you will find if you do that, if you go back, you can almost go back to that same spot every year and catch an otter. And, but what it'll do more than anything else if because you only have so many hours in a day You may you may find out that you know This side of the lake sucked for otter, but that side was rocking So I'm not gonna mess with this other side I'm just gonna hit the rocking side and now I'm gonna go look up some of these valleys and see if I can get on Some of these creeks and stuff like that going up up the valleys and see what happens there the other thing about dealing in um mountain areas is our water is clear, I mean like bathtub water. So how you guide or block down an otter becomes very very critical. When I was out in Iowa the water looked not as bad as it did Mississippi but I mean it's not like you can see the bottom either. Here the Sequatchie River unless we're in a flood you would think that it was chlorinated run through a filter and, you know, you could you could put it in a bottled water and it would look just like the stuff you buy in the store. So when you're dealing with clear, clear water, you've got to be more careful. Like, even if something is is something as simple as a coon, you just put a, a coon trap in front of a pocket in crystal clear water and it's black, the coon's going to screw with the trap because it stands out like a neon sign with a naked girl on it, to me and you. And you, you've got to pay attention to that. With an otter that bear is not natural. They know they do not know it is a, a, something that can kill them. But they do know that it's not natural. And most animals realize that not, not natural could be a bad deal for them. So they will avoid it. So when you start blocking down, you gotta be very, very careful in how you do it. That's why when you saw an orderly Simple, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm in the habit because of where I live, I treat everything like it's clear water. I'll put stuff in the springs to break that outline of the square up. You know, I'll I'll move brushes or bramble or river cane or whatever it is to guide it down so it looks all mangled up, so it's not a flat surface. You know, you can go as far in clear water, which I've done before. It's a little bit more work, but if you think about an hourglass or or the the, the little thing that's on the the black widow, the it gets. Um, Wide, and goes to a narrow point, then goes back out to a wide point. You can do that with bringing in logs or rocks or something. So you're giving it a 3D effect with some rough stuff in between. So when the otter is under the water in it's bathtub water or swimming pool water, that trap's not standing out there like a naked girl sign to an 18-year-old going down the road. It's got to be broke up. And that's the reason I would put stuff in between the jaws and just try to make it look like a tunnel of something that fell in the water. So that's something you're really gonna have to pay attention to that you may not have ever had to do being from from Iowa going into northern Missouri. The water's just different and it, and it, and it really pays a, a big difference. Um, like I said even coon trapping here would be very different for you because most of your traps that you set like you would in Iowa would be flipped over because they're, they're, it's like a neon sign. It's the same for the otter. So you gotta keep that in mind. The other thing is, like I said, you're gonna be dealing with a lot of rocks, hardly any soil, so you're gonna have to figure out a way to cable off or wire off your, your body grip and how to support it. When I'm around a lot of rocks, I just use the rocks. If uh, I have them, I use a lot of the KB stands so I can set them down in the rocks and stuff like that. Those are getting hard to find, so if you don't have them, it it may be hard to find them. But you can support them with rocks. Put a rock underneath the spring and one over the spring, it's got enough power to to fire through them as long as they're not 80 pound rocks or something, you know, or anything like that. But uh, camouflaging, that's gonna be a big deal. I would go if I was you. You may find out there's a tremendous otter population there. You may find out there's not much of an otter population there. I personally can't imagine that there's going to be any muskrats there because there's no soil, but I could be very wrong. You know on on all lakes, if you're going to be thinking about muskrats on all lakes, your best chances, if you're not carrying a boat, I don't know what you're going to do, is If there's any islands out in there, that's normally where muskrats are going to be in rocky terrain because that's the only place with soil. There's enough soil and silt out there that they can, they can dig into. The other thing is there's always going to be an inlet and an outlet to the lake. I don't care how big it is. A lot of the lakes on the outlet side will silt up. And That's where you'll find the vegetation and if you're gonna have cattails and stuff like that That's where they're gonna be. I wouldn't go down there thinking you're gonna find muskrat houses even though you could But I'd be highly surprised. They're gonna be if they're there. They're gonna be uh, Banked-in muskrats, so you're gonna have to find their holes or floating sets or uh, You know where they're coming up on log or something like that. But uh, not saying I wouldn't try for muskrats, I would definitely look around, but I would not take a lot of space on muskrats. And if you find them, you can tell me that I was wrong, then you can take more traps down there last time. But Branson is rocky. It is very rocky. There is a lot of coon. If, if, if you're gonna be on those creeks, um, I would look at the laws, because I've never tra- I've never road-trapped that before. So I don't know what the, the the law is, but there's a lot of bobcats that will be along, and a lot of gray fox that will be along those creeks and those rivers. So if you can't find enough to keep you busy with the otter, you can always switch over to uh, bobcats and fox while you're doing that because there's def- they're definitely there. The coyote population is very sporadic, at least it was when I used to go out there all the time, so I, I don't think I would personally spend any time on a fur line with coyotes out there. But for bobcats and grays I definitely would and there could be a lot of mink but there again you're gonna to have to figure out how to trap mink on rocks which is definitely doable but you're gonna have a learning curve and and the learning curve to me is where the fun's at I'll be honest with you that that's the type of stuff that this trips my trigger Because I get in a situation I don't want to do that's that's when it gets really really fun I get bored if it's something that's all the time and I guarantee you Branson is going to not have anybody bored because of the terrain that that's at. When I was trapping on uh, some of the places I trapped on, if they wanted to grow anything, they had to bring it in with dump, with uh, great big tandem dump trucks and pour it on the ground to have something to, to plant into. I'm not joking about the dirt. It's bad. It's not quite as bad as the hill country of Texas, but it's bad. So you're not going to have a lot of material to work with like you're used to working with in Iowa or northern Missouri it's just totally different terrain don't let that scare you let it kind of excite you a little bit if you go down there and and you're gonna ha- there's gonna be a learning curve and the reason I'm saying this is you, you, you're gonna spend probably a quarter of your time just trying to figure out what to do with the material you have on hand to try to catch these animals so your catch probably is not gonna be superstar status But once you kind of get a hang of it, you'll figure that out Then you can see actually probably the next year what the population is because you'll be prepared of What it is and if you're going to a place like that, I would really take a notebook Or something like that because it may be you get down there and go Holy cow, I could set out five times more traps if I had KB style stands where you can set the 330 on rocks well if you don't re- if you don't write it down you may not remember or it could be you know I need instead of having uh, six foot extensions I really need to have 12 foot extensions stuff like that makes a big difference when you go back you have no idea when you go down there and you can go scout it before and you're still not gonna know but when you because everything looks rosier when you're scouting than it is in reality at least in my opinion so, so keep all that in mind I would definitely go I, w- I would rock it hard keep uh, like I said think about otters in the term of the interstate and you want to block them up between the exits and then you want to block them up on the exits and then you want to block them up on the roads that the exits are leading to that's kind of the, the the most simplest way that I can tell you to do that don't get so focused on 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 the bait sets until you unless you can really look at it in terms of Fishing and from where I trapped in Iowa a lot of those creeks under the bridges Were not places that an otter would stop Looking back in my mind's eye. They weren't So, you know uh, thinking of it in terms of a fish stick I'm not sure that would be the absolute best way to go But you could definitely pick up some otter by doing that, but it's just not going to be the high percentage You know, everybody that I know of, except for one guy, they were, uh, they would block up travelways. That's what they would do. And and, and when I say block up, not like totally block up, but just try to put equipment in where they're gonna gonna be going. And, And definitely you want to camouflage your stuff. There's a lot of guys, and I hear, I still see it in demos and stuff like that, well, they think you can just put the trap down the channel and, you, and you, any otter comes by is going to get caught. They're probably only touching one out of 30 otter by doing that. And I'm going to do a quick story as we close up. Me and a friend, Ed Blue, went down to Mississippi. I was trapping otter a lot heavier than him. He was going down before that to some plantations in, in another state, which I'm not going to mention and the otter were not ever around people, he was the only person that ever trapped, and he could actually just set 330s on dry land with four foot stands, because he had them, where everything was out in the open, and he would catch 15 or 20 otter from pond to pond by doing that. Well, we get down to Mississippi, and we've got all this otter and all this waterway and stuff like that, and he refused for about the first five or six days to, to block anything up or camouflage anything, because to him, in his experience, it didn't matter. Now, when, when at the end of the day, when we meet back up, because we're going different directions, he would have maybe an otter or no otter, and I'd have five or six. My best day down there was nine and 24 hours. After about five days of him having, like, you know, embarrassed, kind of, he did, he, Ed's not really the embarrassed kind, but it did bother him. I was catching more than him, because he knew he was getting half the money anyway but he wanted to be you know if I was catching eight he should be catching eight because that's what partners do and he didn't want to be letting me down so after it just got this I basically stomped into his head the one person that's camouflaging is kicking your butt and you're getting your butt kicked any way you look at it he switched back to camouflage or to camouflage and his numbers came up a lot now Ed at that time had not spent the hours and the months that I have trapping otter so his locations were not as sophisticated as mine but he still jumped up to where he was you know catching two or three a day just by camouflaging so that's how important that is (coughs) there's another true story of a guy that learned to trap otter in South Carolina went to Maine and was started busting over a hundred otter in Maine where everybody in Maine thought that a really good otter catch was 14 or 15 and everybody thought he was cheating using dynamite, night vision, I don't know what they were thinking he was doing but everybody complained so hard that they got the game boards on him and they ran him out of the state because he was cheating somehow. When you look at the way that most people from Maine, I'm not picking on Maine because there's a lot of states like this They'll have a 15-foot creek and a little bit of dip in there for where the beaver swim sometimes. They'll just stick the trap out there, and that's good enough, and they can justify it in their head for whatever reason. He went up there and treated it like we trapped in the south back when they were really high dollar, and he cleaned house on them, and he was a big camouflage. Now, the, the local trappers couldn't believe that made a difference because they truly believed that it made no difference, so he had to be cheating somehow. He was running extra days on check, he was not checking them, but once a month or whatever they were thinking, but it was because he was camouflaged. So think about when you're otter trapping, almost like you're like the special ops or special forces or your team seal, otter, or whatever you want to call, where when they get in your kill zone, it's like a booby trap that they don't know they're in until it's too late. You don't want them to see anything coming at them until it's too late. And that's what your goal is when you're going out and otter trapping. And uh, really enjoy talking about otter tonight. Like I said, probably hear it in my voice. I get pretty excited when it comes to otter just because it's one of those animals to me that's a constant learning. And to me that's one of the, the, the great things about trapping that keeps me fired up about it is it's always learning. And I don't think you'll ever know enough about otter to, to get bored. So go at them, man, tear them up, have a good time. Um, if if they're, they're not selling good this year, store them bad boys. Just think about it. You're, you're kicking the stock market's butt. Your financial liar that's put, having you put money in a 401k, when you go to sell that otter in that amount of time, I don't care if it's 10 years from now, you've beat the stock market and your financial liar, their pants off of what that is. So, you know, just go out there and nail it, dude.